Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Launch University Podcast. My name is Kevin, and I'm a mentor on the team at Launch University, and I'm so grateful that you're taking time out of your busy schedule to allow us to be a part of your day and hopefully make you a difference maker. That's right. Though this podcast is for go-getters, we know you have the potential to be a difference maker wherever you go, but it starts with you getting proven principles and practices to ensure that your next launch is your best launch. Because if you're a go-getter, you're launching something. It's an idea. It's a career. It's a project. It's a business. You're going to be drawn to something because that's just who you are. The key thing is along the way being given the tools and principles and practices that you need in order to be successful, to make sure that your project gets up, off the ground, and into the air. And that's what we're here to help you do. So last week on the podcast, we had the privilege of having Jason and Hillary DeMeo from We Are Curio on the podcast, where they helped us understand what design thinking is and how it can be used to maximize our ideas. Now, for those who are new to this podcast, we at Launch University love design thinking. We are big enthusiasts behind it, but we felt like it was time to bring some experts on who do this every single day for clients and pick their brain a bit so we can all find a better, more sustainable, healthy way to go about launching our new Ideas, And that's what design thinking is all about, giving you a toolkit that you can reference to make the most of your ideas. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I recommend listening to part one first because it's definitely going to set you up to get the most out of this episode where Jason, Hillary and I discuss what it means to actually rethink innovation and start applying design thinking. So part one was all about what it is and how we can use it. And this is where we actually dig into the meat of application, getting others to buy in so that we as a team or an organization can put these principles into practice and start leveraging design thinking to make our ideas more successful and to better solve problems for our customers or constituents. So I don't want to waste any more time. Let's jump into part two of my interview with Jason and Hillary DeMeo of We Are Curio. I think the challenge a lot of launchers have that maybe the average organization doesn't have is that there may be starting from a place of just being creative and not problem solving. And I know this might be semantics, right? But I, but I am thinking in the sense of saying, it's like, hey, I have an, I have an idea for something I, I think is cool. And, and I haven't even associated with a problem. I just think this is cool. And so I am curious to hear, and you might, I mean, it might be going back to something you already said, but how design thinking aids in in more of a creative or innovation process, but maybe in a creative process where as opposed to someone already walking in being aware of a problem that's there. I associate problems with pain. Like I have a pain. I want to go away Mm -hmm. versus I just have a cool idea. 
And how does design thinking step in to aid someone in that situation as well? It's kind of, so my thought a little bit is sometimes design thinking is annoying to me. So like, and I'm going to unpack that for a second because I, and the creative I fall on the right side of the spectrum. Like I, I would rather be painting and doing art and just like, you know, those kinds of things. He's a lot of cool I would, ideas. I would, <laughs> I would more purely love to just stay in that lane. So design thinking actually reins me in and makes me end up with a pro. Well, okay. One of our mindsets is, is prove it. And that's during the design phase. You got to prove what you're talking about. So it's like, if you don't get to prototypes to a minimum viable kind of offering for people to try out, like, again, your, your ideas are ideas. Like I tell people all the time, like I was in college way back in the day and I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if we had like an online way to network with people and like, you know, with family, friends that, I didn't start Facebook. Like, you know how many people had the idea to start? I I have ideas all the time. And I I don't want to say that it's just about execution because like the idea portion, there is a specific skill and like gift to coming up with great ideas. But I just think that design thinking makes you take those ideas and solve a problem with it. And actually makes you... um to see if there's anything in the market who also identifies with when needing your right. Product. So it's fine. Like, so you can have an idea and maybe it's just a hobby, but right. I think design thinking helps you filter through, well, people actually pay you money. You know, it's like, and may, maybe you just want to have a hobby and that's totally fine. Hobbies are awesome. We all need health, healthy hours, but don't like quit your job on just an idea because no one might buy it. You know? So we, we work with clients all the time and literally at the end, it might be like, Hey, that was just really fun, but the market's not going to respond, or maybe not yet. Like, maybe you just need to put that on the shelf for a couple of years. They're not ready for it. It's maybe it's too creative, mm-hmm. or, or maybe it's something that you need to sell online because you know people in, in other parts of the world will pay you for it, but they're not going to respond in this part. So it just kind of gives you some real human touch points because I think what I've seen happen a lot is. People will will take all these great ideas and they'll create them in a vacuum and they'll design them together in their own you know groups and then they present mm-hmm. them and they they're confused why the world won't respond or pay them or everyone's not on board but they didn't ask any of their stakeholders or they didn't see if anybody really identified with it mm-hmm. and so it can help you but I bet you are any really thing that even a designer or an artist is probably creating I bet you they're bringing solutions even if it's like the fact that their art is going to bring beauty to maybe something painful or that I bet you at the core of art that succeeds or, you know, design mm-hmm. that succeeds, I'm, I bet they're still solving some sort of problem with it. And maybe it's even just the problem is, you know, it's recreation and it's in a museum and people want to just show up and look at, you know, it's like, but they're, they're, they're filling a human need because it is human centered. You're designing for humans and the humans give you money. They give you, you know, approval to keep, making what you're coming up with kind of thing. Right. Well, it's like, and that, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm tracking with you guys. Keep going, go Jason. Well, I was just going to say, I think you can have creativity without problem solving. I don't know that you can have problem solving without creativity. Like I can just be creative. Like I can like make a little paper mache thing right now. I don't know how to do paper mache, <laughs> but I could make something. And like that, I actually did. I created something. I used my creativity but did I really solve anyone's problem? Did I really like add a ton of value to the world? So I love creativity. I think everyone should embrace their creativity and use their creativity. When you start using your creativity to help solve problems, that's where one, I think a lot of kingdom work is. But then also like if you're just literally an entrepreneur, 
people pay you to solve problems. Yeah. So, like if you can solve people's problems, people will pay you money because everyone's got problems and they need they need help. So mm-hmm. I love that. So what I wrote down in my notes, taking listen to both of you, was that design thinking kind of helps me take my fun ideas and make them functional solutions. Yeah, yeah that's great. great. You know, yeah. um, and 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 so and so, and I think that's a big part of it. And, and honestly, I'm I'm a little bit of both right brain, left brain, mm-hmm. probably a little bit right down the middle. Yeah. Um, and there, but and there are times when the ideas I have, I I, I, mean, I haven't always had a process mm-hmm. to bring them in. As a matter of fact, I mean, I think it was it was it was just. It would just be the ideas, and I mean, for a long time, I was just called an idea guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and and I think it's it's because in <laughs> many ways I lacked a framework for execution. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think some of it also was the fact that, and so what I saw in my personal life was I executed most when I was in the service of someone who hired me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like an mm-hmm. like an employer, right. yeah. Because there was a there was a structure to the ideas I was creating. Yes. I was creating ideas in the context of my boss said we have to sell this event. How are we going to do it? Right. And then I, and 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 in those moments the ideas became they were solving even someone's problem, even if it's my boss's problem. Right, right. And, and and so and so those things are viewed much differently than I have an idea and I don't really have a it's just an idea. Right. So what ends up happening is p- people saw the work I was doing inside the organization and said, that guy's going somewhere. And then my family heard my cool ideas had nothing to do with work. And I'm like, why is he, what is he just talking? He's always talking. He's not doing anything. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? And I, and, and, and so you have these, so I, I love that because I do agree with what you're saying, Jason. And I think it's very convicting too to say to all the launchers who are listening. Right. If you're an idea person, this process serves you equally well. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you finally have a framework to say, do I care enough about this idea to make it come to life? If I do, I have something that's going to help bring the best out of the idea. And if and if and more importantly, I can make sure on the other eye on the other end of this, this does help someone other than fulfill my creative whims. Yeah. yeah. And I and 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 point, like if you want to put out a rap album. Right. You, out, you know, like you rap because you want to rap, and there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. It's my it's a know? hobby thing. It's like I'm, yeah. a, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> like I enjoy. You got a wife out of it, so I mean, <laughs> exactly. There was like, something that was a hard, high <laughs> ROI there. I mean, I think it was your best investment. So, see, yeah. your creativity you know, uh, did pay off. Right. <laughs> I love, I love that. Yeah, it's like matter of fact, we're all putting our rap albums tomorrow. Anyone looking for a spouse? If you're looking, if you're looking for a spouse, start rapping. thinking for rap. We got it. <laughs> we got any rappers out there that want to work with us, I'll, I'll help. <laughs> Come on! But actually, I think that would be a fun idea to see. That would, man. You designing it for an album, um, totally. but but I, but, I, but, I, but I think that's a cool part about how you are articulating it. So I want to say thank you for that because I think that is very helpful and it's very it's very practical to say, hey, channel your ideas. You might build a pipeline of ideas, but there are some you want to apply this process to to really give them the light of day and make sure that they have an opportunity to succeed. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even a really good thing you're kind of talking about there is that like. It's it's kind of like you have to count the cost on your ideas. Like if I really wanted to get into music or whatever, I could I have some talent. Like I could play the piano or I could even get into beat making beats, you know, whatever. But you have to like really count the cost on your ideas to see if you if you love them. Like if they're just fun things that you're thinking about, or if to me, are they in your identity? One is is a Christ follower, I think that that's like really something that I try to think about like, is this something that God wants me to express and to put my, all my effort behind? Or is this, this just a hobby? Cause we've got like, you know, I love this. I've, I've listened to Gary Vandertrack, like all these guys out there, you know, they're great. But for me, it's like, 
sometimes just telling people to get their ideas out there and hustle and work hard and do this stuff. I, I think that he's pushing a lot of these idea people to do something. My thing would be, I don't want to just hustle. I don't want to just hustle my family away and just get my ideas out there. And every time I can make some money, add some money to the pot, I want to design a solution mm-hmm. that is out of my own identity. So now I can think about, I love We Are Curio and helping people so much. I'm going to do this for a decade. Like I'm going to count this cost. So I think, I don't know where that falls in line with this design thinking discussion, but it's just something that I thought of like for idea people, like yeah. you've got to kind of learn to count the cost on your ideas to say, is this something that's in my identity that I'm supposed to do? Or is this just an idea I just need to like, just enjoy and let, or let someone else have and, and celebrate yes. them doing it. <laughs> Jason, there's so much wisdom in that, man. I'm convicted to hear it, but I mean, it's just, it's just true. It's just right. it's, it's, what I mean. I think what you're, what Jason just gave a lot of us, if we're willing to, if we're willing to heed that, is is a way to avoid a lot of pain. Yeah, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, I definitely feel like as an idea person and as, and a person who 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 is, I feel spent time trying to hone their ability to create on demand. Right. Mm-hmm. I think if. We can burn. We can burn that gift on both at both ends oh. if we're not if we're not careful. And one of the ways to do that is to see the work of your hands f- just fall on deaf ears. See it. See it blow up in your face, and you start to you start, it starts to make you question who you are, yes. what right. you're supposed to do. And so I think there's, there's a lot of wisdom there. And and actually brings me to a point that I think that only you two are really uniquely positioned to talk about. And that is, what does design thing look like as a leader? I mean, I know mm-hmm. I've met members of your team before. Um, and so I think that's a very different perspective to say, okay, I am doing this for a job, for a client, right? And then saying, okay, now, now I have to actually do this mm-hmm. for the organization we're running. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and I think the perspective is so different. I think a lot of people might say, well, yeah, they're doing this for a profession of everybody else, but was it like when I'm the leader doing this within the context of running the company and I'm mm. dealing with regular challenges like sales, mm-hmm. uh, interpersonal conflict among team members, you know, uh, you know, hit, trying to hit a Q4 goal, you know, like, you know, trying to bring on a new hire, but that, that challenge of it. So how do I find the solution that is tangible, but from the vantage point of that leader, how, how, what does it look like every day for the two of you and, and for the leaders you work with? Yeah. I've always been frustrated with uh, leadership. I've, I've wrote a couple articles on it, like leadership's dead, designers are taking over, like not, not for real, like we need leadership, like uh, it's, it's obvious. But I, I think my pushback is always that I've found a lot of leadership culture to be based on certainty. So it's like the leader needs to know where we're going. The leader needs to push the, and drive forward. And, and there is a piece of that, like I feel as a CEO of my company, I need to paint a beautiful picture or a vision for where we're going. But I think design thinking allows you to kind of put your ego to the side a little bit and really embrace humility. I don't think you can be a designer and not have humility because you've got to listen to other people. You've got to be synthesizing. And, and so for me, I guess leadership and, and design thinking are, they're complementary, but not always. So I don't know. You want to maybe add a little to that? Well, yeah, I was just going to even say on a practical sense, we apply our process really over our team, um, our staff meetings. And so, so for instance, we start our staff meetings with empathy every week. We like go around the table and say highs and lows, where are you at? We connect with them before we dive into any actual work that we're doing. And so it's like, if we're not connecting on a human level, we're not going to you know, just get, get, we're not going to, we're just going to extract all this work out of people. And so it's like, 
we start with getting to know them on a human level so then we can design together. And then um, even the way we do staff evaluations, we do feedback grids and we actually go over like that's a design thinking tool. So we use that as the way we would do you know, feedback on an actual staff member or feedback on a, an event that we put on. Um, so we were really using it and living it. Um, and then I wouldn't say another practical thing is we teach all of our team member our mindsets. And so we have a collective of people that we work with too. So hmm. like in-house, there's we don't... Books, there's reading. Yeah, there's we, like- we don't like have... Um, we would hire out like a graphic designer on our collect, like through our collective. But they have to be, before we find someone that's a collaborator, they have to embody like our mindsets. Because if like back to what we said earlier, if they don't have the mindsets, they can't embrace the process. They can't think and act like and implement design thinking. So it's really infused in everything that we do on a practical sense. Um, I think a lot of years I've spent and people, um, what maybe differentiated me in my leadership style was I really led with my team. Like we were co-creators and co-collaborators even at the university level. And I had this mindset of try, fail, learn with my student leaders. And I would give them the chance to, you know, experiment and to try mm-hmm. and to practice and really be, um, you know, hands on in designing student experiences on campus. And I think I've brought that over into our, our business as well. And so we create with them. Any, anybody in our team can challenge maybe what we're doing. And just because we're the owners and the founders, we don't have all the right answers. And so, yeah. It's really a culture of thinking like designers and thinking like design thinkers. Um, but then we also use like practical tools. Yeah. I was just thinking in my mind as you were talking as of like a, almost like a visual metaphor. And so I, I, to me, design thinking, leadership is more about looking to the leader and saying, mm-hmm. what, what do, where do you think we should go? All our eyes are on you for where we should go. Design thinking to me is like, setting a problem in the middle of the group and everybody look at looking at it at all the different angles. I don't know if this is another kind of random association, but I'm a huge Parker Palmer fan um, who who wrote the book. The Act of Life. Oh my God. So many good books by Palmer. And he talks about um, uh, what's the the term, but it's like subject centered learning or object centered learning. And so object centered is where one person, one knower, like the, the professor tells everyone the answers and the, and the people underneath them listen and follow. Subject-centered learning is where you put the subject in the middle and you recognize that everybody in the group is a knower. Like they have something to add to this conversation. And so to me, design thinking is very similar to that subject-centered learning where you take it off of the person, the personality, move it to the subject, and everyone's looking at that subject together, having a conversation. And so leadership actually becomes almost like like basketball, where you're passing the ball mm-hmm. off to each other. You, you may have someone who's playing point a good bit, but I'm trying to feed the ball to my people who have a, an opportunity or have an insight into that. So I'm, to me, le- good leadership and design thing here kind of like that. They work hand in hand. Um, I don't know if that kind of gave a little bit more. I love it. Really, that's so helpful. And, and I think and um, I love the references and, and, I, and I appreciate the multiple examples too, because I do think that everyone... And I think, I mean, I think that's what we love about good leaders, right? The leaders who right. you've loved have used subject-centered learning, right. at, and they and and, and to, you know, to Hillary's point about the you know encourage people to try, fail, and learn. The leaders who've transformed your life, even start with your parents, right? They're the ones who, at times, have hopefully given you opportunities to try, fail, and learn. Right. 
so that you are equipped to live a, to live a healthy and happy life. And so, I mean, I'm with you on, on that, Jason. I think there's a lot there. Um, one of the, the, I think one of the last questions I want to ask the two of you is, okay, you've convinced people that we should do this. And maybe uh, we all have different levels of influence in the organization, organizations in which we work. How do we help other people around us get on board with this idea to take this approach? Um, maybe if you're starting out as the only person mm-hmm. who's thinking this way. Yeah. I think, I mean, there's different, obviously your context matters. So depending on your leader, may, maybe your leader wants to read a, read a book with you and you kind of think of it together or, or you have a good conversation with them. You take them out to coffee or whatever and just like, hey, I'm learning about this and share your learning. But the way that I have found in organizations where maybe like the leadership isn't necessarily on board with it, they're kind of going their own way, is to just ask for the space to, to experiment. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm thinking about trying this thing. I'm not sure if it's going to work yet, but would you give me, like, I want to just experiment with this thing. And if, if you can find a way to just carve yourself out a little bit of space to show people and mm-hmm. don't tell them about your ideas, like, show me, show me what's working. So I, I go back to, to pastoring. I had an incredible staff that I worked with, but I had some ideas that I'm like, man, I don't, I don't like people's pe- preaching from the stage. I like to be on the floor. I don't like rows. I like to be in circles. Like, so I, I tried to influence the Sunday morning culture, but it was too strong. It was like, that was just the way kind of things are. So I said, what, what if I did like a Wednesday night where I got to show you what my ideas are and then we'll just kind of see. We labeled it as a worship experiment on Wednesdays. And so we did this thing called Engage. And, and I got to try stuff. I brought them into the process. I shared with them areas that I'm failing. I, I shared with, I, I, I took their advice on how to make it better. So now they're invested in it too. Um, and then it went one, two, three years going. Now you can see it actually starting to influence Sunday culture. There's, it's more participatory. There's mm-hmm. feedback that's coming from the crowd. There's conversation. So like some of the ideas that I had were hard to just convince someone of it. Like walk in, sit down with your leader and say, I want to be a design thinking organization now. It's like, no, what, what, what material do you have to work with? Your team, your budget, your experiences. Show them what you're doing differently. And then I think that invite will them yeah, invite them into the process. And I think that, so that would be my challenge. Anything for you, Hill? Like, yeah, I think that. And then I think also if you can find analogous companies that are maybe using yeah. it as well, I think that always helps. That's so, great. you know, if it's in the education sector, um, you know, finding there's a ton of universities yeah. that are now starting to experiment with it or, you know, whatever it might be and showing them like, Hey, this is having success and mm. finding what motivates your leader. So if it's, if it's direct sales and you can say, Hey, XYZ company is increase their sales by this number because they use design thinking, or if it's, you know, people in attendance at an event, or if it's a church or whatever, your, your leader has something that will get their attention. That's so good. Find an analogous company that's doing it and show them tangible results attached to design thinking. And then I really think that they'll, they'll listen up. Everybody's looking for new solutions. And then I think that blended with what Jason's saying about experimenting, which I think yeah. we should all be experimenters and doing beta tests, doing labs. Like we need less certainty and more experimentation. So the faster we can just experiment and prototype, the faster that we can get to new results and results that people really want. That's really good. I'll, I'll tag too that like everybody loves to celebrate failure right now. Like, like, Oh, if you're not failing big, you're, you're not, you're nothing. Like, and I get it. 
we, I want to create room for failure, but no one actually really wants to a failure. You want the learnings that you get from a failure. So for me, prototyping is a built and a built-in language to tolerate failure. Because if you're prototyping something, you know already there's stuff in it that has bugs, that needs fixes, mm -hmm. that needs to grow. So instead of just being like, get out there and fail, I would say get out there and prototype. And experiment. And know that inside of that, those experimentations, there's going to be failures, but there's also going to be successes. So I think that prototyping culture is, is great for, for embracing failure and mm -hmm. moving uncertainty. I just had this thought as well I want to tag on is, we're in this era of empowering millennials and really wanting to give them space to lead. And I just saw someone, I think it was Erwin was talking about, like, if you are a generation, you're the older generations, like step out of the way and let the younger people lead. Well, guess what? That's scary to somebody who's maybe built something and is an executive. And they're like, well, I'm not going to just give everything I've built to a millennial. Like this is matters. But think about that. If you have an experimenting culture, a prototyping culture, there is freedom for both the millennial and you as the executive to experiment, Together. to give them space, to let them fail and let them actually step into the courage of who they were designed to be while you're still coaching them and giving them that ramp because we need better on ramping of our leaders and our creatives and our designers. But we also need our guides. It's not one without the other. And so I think what we're inviting people into is don't just like get rid of everything you've ever been doing. Keep what is working well, but make space to push on and challenge and and um, and and really like learn from one another in these in these settings. But really, like don't forsake with the other. Just the beginning. Don't forsake right brain without left brain. Like there's a complementing that's happening with both both sides there. That's perfect. And and so one thing I, I want to do as we close. There's two questions I have. First. You both mentioned a, a book that you're working on, um, and I would love to make sure if people want to learn more about that book, where can they go? Yeah, Rethinking Innovation. It, it's You can pre-order on the website. So it should be in the next couple months. We should be finishing it up. But yeah, you go to wearecurio.com. Perfect. And we'll have a tab on there that you can check out. Perfect. Awesome. So this the last question I have for both of you, and that is neither one of you thought you'd be here. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that the reality of those who actually are ambitious and they have ideas or just want to change the world and impact mm -hmm. people's lives for the better, the journey is not linear personally. Yes. Professionally, for sure, it's not linear, but, pers but personally, it's not linear. And I think for many people, you know, you see your friends who became physicians and they followed a track. They became pre-med, then mm -hmm. they did their residency, then they got, you know, like so, and so, you know, so part of you is like, whoa, okay. I see some linear paths or I, or I can perceive the linear paths. Mm -hmm. What What are some advice you just give to launchers as they're, as they're pursuing their ideas and really their careers um, that maybe be some parting words for, from, from each of you? I think for me, I would say do the hard work of understanding who you are and what your calling is and don't do it individually. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm more, I'm an introvert. So I read all the time. I've done every assessment out there to know what my gifts are and what I want to bring to the world. And that actually did help a lot. But if I wasn't in community with my wife, with my friend, with my church, of people discerning my call with me, I wouldn't have the courage to do what I was doing now. So I feel like, so I would say two things have the the courage to to figure out who you are first and what you're actually willing to go for it on 
And then I would say, have the courage to just go for it. Because every time that we've taken a step of courage that we felt was inside of our calling or inside of our identity, uh, God has just come through in, in so many awesome ways. So I do think God is, is moving a lot of people right now into this space of courage. And if you feel like you're supposed to do something deep down in your gut, you've, you've thought about it, you've prayed about it, don't go to the grave not doing it. Like, do it. Have courage. Mm. That's my final party. Yeah, and I would say with that as well, make sure that you're having courage for what is your assignment, what is your thing. Mm. I think nowadays, it's so easy to see online, this person's doing this incredible thing, and I'm scrolling down, and oh, wow, look at them, and I'm just sitting at home so boring, or I'm, you know, behind the desk, or whatever. And, And I think that we can assume other people's identities and assume other people's positions and what they have now. And they don't want to go through the 10 years and the 12 years behind the scenes, you know, being made into who you're supposed to be. And so courage without the right skills, the right tools, mm-hmm. without That's the right good. people, it's it's really not, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's going to really, it's going to turn you, it's going to turn into pain. And so making sure that you don't forsake the hard work of self-reflection and um, not just pursuing the next great post or the next great thing that's going to impress everybody else, but really take the time to find out who you are and in your own life experiment with who, who you should be like these little prototypes before we ever launched, we are curio. We had curio an online store before we ever, you know, bought this house to do this idea here. We tried it in our home. It's like, try these little tests in your life before you completely go all in and, and make sure whatever you're having courage on making sure it's your identity not trying to wear somebody else's identity because it's only going to weigh you down and be painful. Man, guys, that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I I appreciate, I appreciate your time today. I think um, there's a ton I got out of this conversation and I I have a a page full of notes Um, (laughs) and and I'm I'm really grateful for it. I think that um, I appreciate both of you being transparent and vulnerable about all this kind of stuff. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, what to all the time that I've come to realize that the process of launching an idea whether the idea is successful by the world standards or not, it changes mm-hmm. you. It changes you for the better. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. because to 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 both what you're saying about courage, like to see yourself being courageous changes the way you see yourself, and that changes all future scenarios because you're the, you're different the next time something happens. And I think it's really powerful. Um, and, and also really cool to see the two of you do this together. And I think that's it's just mm-hmm. really cool. Um, and so. Thank you for your time. If people want to learn more about you, obviously we'll have links to both of what you what you're doing online or in the show notes of the at launchuniversity.com. But if people can go check you out, they can go to we are curio, that's C-U-R-I-O dot com. Is is there any is there anything else that you want them to do um connect with you online at all? I would say Instagram's the the best way to just like hit us up real quick to see it's it's the closest feed to what's happening right now. So we're really responsive to that. So uh, at we are curio is probably our our best place to grab us. And then if you need to email us, just info at wearecurio.com. And if you want to more behind the scenes on us a personal level, um, at the DeMeo is, is where <laughs> so we, we're one of those couples that have a shared one. Or Apparently like we that. do a lot of our life <laughs> together. Um, but it is a little bit more, I mean, I guess we're going all in on this like uh, oneness thing yeah. here. So the Instagram at, at the DeMeos as well, that's more kind of personal side, but hang with us there too. That's mm-hmm. perfect. Well, hey, thank you both again for everything. Um, 
if I said, please learn more, follow them, check out their book. I think that if you listen to this conversation today, you can clearly tell there's a lot for all of us to learn about how we can apply design thinking. And and, and there's way more. I mean, I know that they've, th- they've talked about to me privately about how they've applied this to their marriage and other kinds of areas of their mm-hmm. life. Um, but today we're just focusing on the idea of helping you as a launcher figure out a way to more sustainably and, and I would say intentionally Think about how you go about uh, building out your ideas in a way to make sure that they're they're not just fun and creative, but also that they serve serve others. Uh, because we believe that go getters have the potential to become difference makers, and that's what we're hoping this podcast is all about for you. So, Jason, Hillary, thank you again for your time, and um, I look forward to connecting both with both of you soon, and hopefully having you back on to talk about something else that we can all learn from as well. That's awesome. Let's do it. Well, I'm sure you could all tell by my rapid speech that I was getting a little excited during the interview. I hope you were able to hang tough with me there. Um, But I just really appreciated what Jason and Hillary were helping us get to. And that is the idea of just because you get it doesn't mean it's going to magically just show up in your world, especially if you might work for an organization that has more of a ready fire aim approach. I think most of us come from those backgrounds, especially if you're working for a successful organization where the leadership might be really go getters. They might be really quick to act, which is awesome. But as we're talking about in this process of design thinking, we want opportunities to fail and, and fail simply, fail quickly, and hopefully not necessarily dramatically where we can actually hurt hurt our cause by putting so much into the launch and into the idea that we've sucked so many resources uh, in the process. So I love that idea of like a a mock-up or a crap-up, as they called it. Um, And so that was just also really compelling to me to say, hey, what can I do to fail simply and quickly and test the essence of the idea? And also, how can I uh, convince my leaders that I work with, clients I work with to say, hey, I just want to run an experiment. And I think that's one thing I just want to personally echo is when I started changing my language with the leaders I worked with, with my colleagues, with clients and said, hey, let's run an experiment. Because of third grade science class, right, where we learned about the scientific method, when people hear the word experiment, they are put at ease. They themselves are owning with you. We don't know the outcome. We just think it's a good idea worth trying. And many people are okay with that when you use the word experiment. And so I can personally attest to the value of just contextualizing an idea as an experiment, as opposed to saying we should do something with a degree of confidence or certainty that you may not actually have. So I hope that was valuable to you. Um, I know their parting words were also pretty convicting for me just to say, you know what, community is still key. And I think that's a powerful idea for launchers. And that's why we created this podcast. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, we want to welcome you to a part of the Launch University community. And you can be a part of it simply going to launchuniversity.com, joining our email list. In fact, right now you can join from wherever you are and get our ebook on design thinking by texting the word launchpad, all one word, to 345 345. And then we will send you our ebook, which is called The Launch Loop. 
Uh, it's our simplification of the design thinking process to help every launcher leverage it so they can get their ideas off of the ground. And that will be a simple way to join the community and that'll be our welcome gift to you. Um, also, we love for you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, wherever you like to get your content. And you can check out show notes every single week. We provide summaries of the show so that it's easier for you to go back and reference something you heard or resource you learned about. So if you go to launchuniversity.com, that's Y-O-U-University.com forward slash podcast, you will find all of our episodes, but you'll also find summaries and takeaways from every single episode we've ever done. And we're already in the 70s on this podcast, which is hard to believe. Lastly, leave a rating or review. If you've enjoyed this podcast um, or have some feedback for us, we'd love to hear it. Obviously, we would appreciate if you leave that rating or review on iTunes, I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts, uh, because that is the primary place where people go find their content. It's like the Google of the podcast world. And so we would appreciate you leaving a rating or review there for us and share this episode with a friend. If there's someone, you know, needs to hear this message. And lastly, I said it last week, but I want to say it again. We have a new product, our first course, our first product experiment. Uh, and that is with a course called elevator pitch, where we are helping launchers like you combine their great idea with great communication to secure investors, customers, and supporters. We think that if you have a clear, concise, and compelling message, you have the ability to gain momentum. But here's the other truth. Great ideas don't sell themselves. That's right. Unfortunately, Field of Dreams was not a business strategy. If you build it, people will not come necessarily, and you need to put language around what you're doing so that the idea can spread. As Jeff Henderson on the team often references, it's why Steve Jobs had to describe an iPod as a thousand songs in your pocket as opposed to an MP3 player, right? Because the average person would say, well, what's an MP3? And that question, just that makes them disconnect from what you're trying to communicate. But a thousand songs in your pocket, a word picture made it so clear that people said, I'm interested enough in that idea that I want to learn more. And that is the goal of a pitch that someone says, tell me more. And we want to help you do that. So if you're interested, if you need that before your next pitch, for your next presentation, we want you to go to myelevatorpitch.net. That's myelevatorpitch.net myelevatorpitch.net and check it out. We even have a free gift for you if you go there, even if you don't buy it. So check that out. We would love to serve you in that way and partner with you as you develop your idea. So with that said, I've said enough. I am so grateful again for the opportunity to serve you. I hope you all know that we do this because we truly, truly, truly believe in you, your potential and the potential of your ideas. We believe you are so much more than a go-getter. You are more than a launcher. You are a difference maker. And we are just humbled by the opportunity to serve you and excited to see what's ahead for you. So thank you again for listening. And we look forward to having you join us for another episode of the Launch 
University podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.